1: We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ.
0: W.A. Radio seeks to inform and engage the Bride of Christ The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome, my friends, to the Texas Power Hour with Pastor Carolyn
1: Sism and Friends. This radio show is an outreach ministry of Eastgate Ministries in Katy, Texas.
2: Experience the power, experience the glory with
0: Pastor Carolyn Sism. Check out her website at www.eastgateministries.com.
2: On my daddy, not everybody, but some people, and uh, she wrote back. And I, then when I'm putting it together, I'm thinking, Lord, you know, there's I need to be talking about the border,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> maybe those witches in New York City, and all you know, all this stuff that's going on in our nation that is so evil. I'm sure nobody's going to be interested in this. Mm. Well, right off. Uh, Alan and um, of course I know that there's plenty of it going on in Houston, Texas. There's any kind of religion you want to grab at, you can find it in Houston, Texas.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <coughs> They're teaching any kind of doctrine, everybody's got the latest doctrine. Okay, what is the latest, like, like the Marines. We're going to preach the latest thing. 15 <coughs> years. Huh? It's genius, yeah. And they want to be the one that brings forth the greatest revelation.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But Allison wrote me back. And she said this is very strong in Houston. And that she's run into it. And I won't say the large denominational church that she was a part of, but a very large one. And um, they had a book in their bookstore. I forget what the name of it was. Uh, Sophia, maybe, or something like that. The goddess of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, so she went to the bookstore, and, and the woman was in there. And she says, well, we women need a goddess, a god of wisdom. We need our own god of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she took the book to the pastor, and he couldn't believe it. But then she showed it to me, took the book out. He left because this church changes their pastors every three years. So y'all don't get tired of the pastor. <laughs> That's what they do in the church I grew up in. Every three years, just about, you would get a new pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the congregation got tired of the pastor after three years. But anyway, a new pastor came in and they started selling the book again for five bucks a piece. And so she goes to the pastor again, and he let her know that he was very, nicely blowing her off. And the book stayed. But the point that she was making is because of, I guess, of what how God uses her. She's all over Houston, and she says it's very strong in our city. So, First John. This is our introduction to chapter, and and I also got chapter one, which is very short. Um, It is considered by some commentaries, and I try to read three or four before I start a chapter to see what different ones say. As a matter of fact, I posted something about the, I I showed a picture of um, Israel being bombed. I forget who, one of them, that's bombing them on Facebook, and I made a comment on there that it seems to me, from my study of the Bible, that Damascus 17, I'm mean not Damascus, Isaiah 17 on Damascus, yeah. Psalm 83, the nations surrounding Israel and the god-naked nations, which includes Iran, Russia, and Turkey are all converging into the same war. I just said, it seems to me. And this gentleman very nicely told me about some kind of doctrine or something, and all that's already happened. So I him back nicely, and I said, well, I don't dispute your view. You can have whatever view you want. But I am pretty much a Bible scholar, and this is the view that I'm settled on right now, so God shows me different in his Word. It's a nice conversation. He's not challenging me. It's a nice civil conversation that's going on, which I like now. i show you my website. But my point is, it's good to read uh, what people are saying so that you know what you're dealing with. Now, the commentaries I read, they're all Christian and they're all word-based. If it's not word-based, I throw it in garbage. But they agree, well, they consider that uh, First John was written from Ephesus about 90 A.D. <coughs> uh, John could not have continued to make his home in Jerusalem after the war started in A.D. 66, which ended in the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70. He couldn't have stayed there. Uh, before that event, uh, James, the Lord's brother, and Peter Who, together with John, had formed the leadership of the early disciples. You can look, that's stated in Galatians 2 9. Peter, James, and Paul met death and martyrdom, but John was left alone. He was still living. At that time, the church in Ephesus, founded by Paul, was being troubled with teachers. And this is what uh, my commentary that I, R.W. Orr. This is where I got this the man's name he said that it became a sect came out of the Jewish and a sect came out of Christianity and they formed Gnosticism uh, which was another religion. Um, some of the teachings which evolved from this sect are, All matter is evil and the non-material spirit realm is good. There is an unknowable God who gave rise to many lesser spirit beings called Aeons, A-E-O-N-S. Now, you would think this would, anyone with common sense would not have this view today. But it seems I've even got feedback that this is going on in our city. Yes. (laughs) Who said yes? Henry one evil lower spirit being is the creator who made the universe. Henry's out there in the in the works in the world system. Gnosticism does not deal with sin, only ignorance. To achieve salvation, one needs to get in touch with secret knowledge. Uh, I didn't go into deep study with this last night because I wasn't sure what I was fishing for. I knew I was fishing. I know I'm fishing, but I'm not real sure what I'm fishing for. I go fishing a lot when I'm teaching. Um, but Buddhism is another religion that came out of here. And a lot of the isms came out of Gnosticism. That is the basis for it. And then they would take that uh, doctrine, and then they would add their own doctrine to it to set up their own sect that they were over because they were the smartest one over, and they were the supernatural (laughs) divine being that God was using to bring forth whatever ism they're bringing forth. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it's been, wouldn't you say? (laughs) Amen. How is it? in the Persian Empire Gnosticism spread as far as China with Manichaeism while Mandaism is still alive in Iraq okay I did look both of these up last night but I didn't go so far as to bring them out because I didn't want to get too far out here in the weeds okay but if you look it up they all kind of sort of recognize Christ Kind sort of sorta and they put him in some sort of position. Okay, but not as as God. With Paul now dead and Asia fast becoming the focus of two dangerous movements, emperor worship and Gnosticism is taking over Asia. Which in fact came close to strangling the life of the church in the first century. Okay. We have to be aware what isms and what doctrines are coming against the church in this hour and this day to strangle it. And they are out there. We have I've been teaching this Bible study for For how long, Sandra? Sandra knows what year I started this Tuesday Bible study. Bible teaching. About a long time before that. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: But our church has to have a Bible study separate from Sunday morning. And that that Bible study takes the word of God and takes one scripture after the other scripture and teaches it. It has to be. I don't care if there's two or if there's three. As long as I'm pastoring a church, we will have a Bible study that takes one scripture after the other scripture after the other scripture. If we do not, we can get an error just like anyone else. Okay, because Satan's intent is to strangle the church with these false doctrines, false prophets, and false
1: teachers. Yes. Deception. Hmm. Deception. Deception. And we and
2: as long as I'm pastor in church, I'm going to have a Bible study. Alright. I will have a Bible study. That's why I'm faithful with this. It has to be. Okay. Get on here with this Lord Jesus. John took up frequent residence in Ephesus and he would at that time be in mid or late 60s for close up to 30 years until his death about the end of the century. Ephesus and later the Isle of Patmos, remained his home. It was a convenient center for pastoral supervision of the province, including the well-known seven churches of the Revelation. Roads joined them all. Remember, God used the Romans to build, wall, to build the roads, build the wall. Mm. <laughs> Lord, we've got to pray about this thing coming to our border. We will today. But he used the Romans to build these roads, and then Christianity spread through these roads. And from a point of 20 miles up the hill from Ephesus, Ephesus A compass of 80 miles would take in all seven churches and the Isle of Patmos as well. I didn't know that. That's Mm the reason why I put that in there, because that was information that I did not know. Mm -hmm. That he could travel 20 miles, and he could see all seven churches. I mean, the the places where they were, and he could also see the Isle of Patmos. If that information is correct, I just thought it was interesting. C.H.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Dodd, in 1946, on the Johannian epistles, suggests that the first letter was called forth by the crisis referred to in 1 John 2.19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. Mm-hmm. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that, that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointed anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. He's speaking of those who were followers of Gnosticism and they followed a the false Christ. There were men of influence in the churches of Asia, with prophetic and teaching ability and had been attempting to introduce and enlighten and advanced doctrine of the kind which came to be known as Gnostic okay God gives us prophetic gifts. God gives us teaching abilities God gives us pastoral. but I can take those gifts and I can misuse them I can misuse those gifts. Mm-hmm. And I can teach any old kind of something. That's why we have to stay on the Word of God. This is the Word Church.
1: Yeah.
2: The people that attend this church are, are strong in the Word of God. He's speaking of those who were following Gnosticism and the false Christ. These were men of influence. The church, however, with the discernment of the Holy Spirit, rejected the new teaching. Its prophet has no option to leave the fellowship of but to leave the fellowship of the churches. Now I am not saying, and do not say that I said it, that someone who came in fellowships with us and they left, it was because they got off into false teaching. I am not saying that at all. Don't I'm talking about who John was preaching to at that time. Sometimes people can't stand how strong the word is. I had so much fun Sunday morning preaching that message on money. I had a good time. And I, I had several come to me and could tell me that I was preaching to them. <laughs> that that message was directed at him. Now, not just one, but several. (laughs) And I just giggled. (laughs) Because I heard all of these little gigglings going on around the room, and and we were having fun. Because we were talking about things that all of us have faced as Christians. So, it's nice to have have that. Uh, But... Uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but I came up with that whole story. (laughs) But uh, we have to use our gifts to enjoy each other and not take ourselves too seriously. Okay, let's say somebody walks in here and they have got the latest word of the Lord on the latest thing and God has given them this super revelation and they want me to preach it in here. I'm gonna say, well, tell me, brother, what you got. Talk to me. Hear me here, and uh, now show this to me in the word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Gnostics pride within his knowledge. I'm just I'm just talking to y'all about this because it's so serious. Listen, y'all have a lot of knowledge in this church. We cannot get to the point that you have pride in your knowledge. It will lead you into error. Yes. It is a serious thing. The Lord allows me to be humiliated sometimes just to keep me humble. Not that I have anything to be proud about. God will keep those that he's using in a place where he has them humble. That's one way that you know that God is planning to use someone in his power. He will keep them in a humble place until he has humbled them to the place where he can really use them. Mm
1: Amen.
2: (laughs) Amen. Is that Paul's stone in the flesh, you think? Yeah, I think he'll give us one. If he's gonna use it. To keep us humble. Because knowledge puffs up. Knowledge puffs up. Ooh, yes. So church, you be very, very careful. Because if that because pride goes before fall.
1: <laughs>
2: so like it is today, because look what is on our, I mean our, our news channel is full of ideas. Ideas were the great thing rather than the life and ascension of Christ upon which Christianity is built. Now you're going to find that today. Ideas. People have discovered this great new idea. Well, we'll never discover all of God's mind even when we get to heaven. And I'm not saying he doesn't bring new revelations because he does. The concrete actualities of the Incarnation and the Resurrection were laughed out of court as childish literalism. It still is. It still is. Knowing this before we start chapter 1, 1 through 3. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have... Looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen, and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. The Gnostic knowledge was not for all, but for the select few who had been initiated. Again, I deal a lot with... uh, Not y'all, okay. But there are groups in Houston who set up select groups, Mm -hmm. and you have to be initiated into that group, and you have to be accepted in that group. And you can't be part of that group unless you meet a certain standard, Mm -hmm. and it's their standard.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay,
2: now this is very strong in our, our culture.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. but it's
2: also strong in the church mm-hmm. and it is not of God Amen.
1: that
2: is the, that is Gnosticism mm-hmm. knowledge was not for all but for the select few who had been initiated that this is a superior religion a superior group of people A superior knowledge. A superior elitism. And a superior electism. Can you tell me that is not in the church today? We need to all repent. Amen. And this doesn't have anything to do with wealth. I'm talking about people superior because of their knowledge of, of the Bible and Christ Jesus.
1: Yeah.
2: It will take you into sin. Now, it's easy to get there. Mm-hmm. So I can see now while I'm preaching this why God's got me preaching this. It sets them in a special class far above common humanity, and emancipated them from the morality which governed the enlightened.
1: Oh. oh, oh, oh.
2: That is a strong spirit over this fashion.
1: Mm-hmm. Not
2: just in Christianity. That is right. Yes. yes. That is a strong spirit over this nation. Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. It is a stronghold. I'm declaring it today. It is a power and principality yes. over the United States of America
1: mm-hmm.
2: on many levels. We see it in the elitism in Washington D.C. Yes. We see it in the elitism of the media. Mm-hmm. They have their you notice they've got A team and B team. They're mm-hmm. setting up an elite system. Mm-hmm. We see it in the elitism of the church. Mm-hmm. And academia. Mm-hmm. And academia. Mm-hmm. In our neighborhoods. It was unthinkable. But see what it's become is become part of our culture. It was unthinkable that the word should become flesh and the incarnation was denied. There was a fellow named Serentheus. He was a heretical teacher in Asia. At that period, taught that the Christ, now I've heard some of this talking, came upon the man Jesus at his baptism.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I've, heard, I've heard that kind of talk. What <laughs> <laughs> happened? Okay, the Christ came upon the man Jesus at his baptism, the anointed one. The anointed mm-hmm. And left
0: him before his crucifixion. Oh. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs)
2: All these denials of the gospel are firmly dealt with by John in this first letter. Mm -hmm. He deals with every single one of them, and he hits it head on. Yes, he does. As I mentioned earlier, we live in the metropolis of Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. And I can promise some of this goofy teaching is all over the city. Gnostic teachers also had false claims to spirituality. It was worse than idle to say, as those teachers were saying, we are the light. Mm -hmm. Unless sin is being confessed and put away, the claim we know God is utterly incredible except through the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: There is no other way by which men may be saved, there is no other way by which men may have access directly to Father God and to His throne, except through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. John takes the Christian vocabulary which is being abused by those false teachers. He disinfects it in this letter. So I fact, while we're going through here we're going to be addressing a lot of things a lot of false teaching that's going on in our nation and the nations of the world that have become powers of principalities over this nation. But the Lord sends me into a letter and I, and I think well Lord you usually have me do this but it looks like I'm doing this Well, see, I see clearly what God's having me to do when I start preaching it. Mm -hmm. When I'm pulling it together, I may not know exactly what I'm doing. But now that I'm preaching it, I know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We're going after some more powers and principalities, Uh, folks. And when we go after those with the Word of God, and we hit it with the Word of God... Then we're going to break down some of these other strongholds over our politics yes. and over our nation. Right. And that our stumbling blocks that are stopping the church from doing from going into the next season that God has the church. Yes. Right. See all of this has got to be cleaned out of the church before revival can come to the church. So if revival is not in the church. How in the world are you going to take revival to the street? Mm -hmm. You'll make them as the same blind guys as you are. I'm not talking about (laughs) y'all. People came under conviction (laughs) Sunday. And I was talking to those people out there on the internet, and I was having too much fun. It was, I'm a, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, let me have fun when I preach. Okay. Okay. He takes the, the Christian vocabulary and, and restores it to Christian use. These false teachers had distorted the truth of the gospel. For John, truth and gospel are equated to the good news is about the one who is the truth. That's that's John's point of view. Uh, When we were in the the book of John, I'm telling you, it was so rich and it was so good. I was sorry we came to the end of it. I know Joanne says it's always there. We keep reading it. But the teaching of it, it was so rich and it was so good. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Well, John is continuing here with the same richness. In chapter 2, I think it's chapter Mm 2, He warns the church against Antichrist. He said, they're already among you. Mm -hmm. Well, they are everywhere. Those who are Antichrist are those who oppose the teachings of Christ and lead people astray, separating them from the true community of Christ followers. This letter, like all the Holy Writ, is for the time it was written and the people to whom it was written. It is to us now And it's to all future generations because the crisis of the hour is always with us and false teachers and false prophets continue to preach another gospel and another Jesus. In chapter 2, John appeals to the guidance of the Holy Spirit for all truth. We'll get there next week. Like I said, I had to watch Trump last night. I could have done a little more research on this, but I think y'all are getting the gist here, right? Amen. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like the Holy Spirit is taking us mm-hmm. for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like those Christians originally addressed, most of us here are not new to Christianity. No one in this room is new to Christianity. We're going to get into the, the, the babies, the young men, and the fathers. Mm-hmm. I think in chapter two we're going to get there. And we have no babies in this room. And I, you know, and I, I will preach to babies. I certainly will. People think I hate to preach to babies. I can But God has blessed me. And I consider it a blessing that I can preach to mature Christians. Yes. That way I can, I don't have to. Handle and put you on a silver platter and make sure you don't break. Just say it straight. And in chapter 2, John appeals to the guidance of the Holy Spirit for all truth. There's Anna. Come in here. How was your trip? Wonderful. Wonderful. She's been on another prayer trip. (laughs) Oh, wow. Like those Christians originally addressed, most of us are not new to Christianity, but we're still faced with social customs rather than conviction. Okay, do you see how important it is to get Gnosticism out of the church? How are we going, by our lives, are we going to bring conviction to a world system if we're full of this stuff? I'm talking, again, I'm not talking about this group. I'm talking about you people out there on the internet. (laughs) 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 But I know that I know that it is in the churches. I know it's in Christianity. And And we talk about revival and praise God. God can come and he can visit us and he can yank us around and bring revival into us, just because he yanked it all out of us in one minute. He's done that with me before. He yanked whatever within me and put some more stuff in me, just like that. Y'all been yanked around, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he can do it.
1: But
2: we got, we got, but but then we still got to get cleaned up. The clean, strong winds of the letter separate chaff from wheat, or at least show us the lines along which one must test himself. You know, very often, I'll give you all a guideline. Test yourself against this. I'm not speaking any condemnation. Here's the Word of God. I'm testing my... Do y'all know I test myself every every time I teach this Word? And I repent? This very practical letter is ours today as the condensed moral and practical application of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We guard against false teachers in these last days and we need John's warnings and follow his guidance. <coughs> this gospel speaks of the person of Christ as the incarnation of the eternal word and a manifestation of of the eternal life. The eternal word came to earth and that eternal word brought you and I into the the Father, into us, the Son into us, the Holy Spirit into us that we can manifest on earth eternal life. When John declares that which was from the beginning, the apostle is stating the doctrine has never changed. It consists of the testimony of those who were eyewitnesses of the salvation events and its truth is unchanging. I'm going to read it from the Passion Bible, 1 through 5. (laughs) We saw him with our very own eyes. We gazed upon him and heard him speak. Our hands actually touched him. The one who was from the beginning, the living expression of God. The life giver was made visible, and we have seen him. We testify to this truth. The eternal life giver lived face to face with the Father and has now dawned upon us, so we proclaim to you, we have seen and heard about this life-giver, so that we may share and enjoy this life together. For truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus, the Anointed One. So how can we fellowship with the Father with sin in our life? How can we fellowship? Well, we know we can fellowship with Jesus Christ. because he cleansed us from all of our sins through his blood. But then he takes us in, the Father into us and we are to, we are to fellowship with the Father. All John tells us we're going to have to get cleaned up. He says we're writing these things to you because we want to release to you our fullness of joy. This is the life-giving message we heard him share, and it's still ringing in our ears. Do y'all know that for revival to come to the church, there is going to have to be people repenting of their sins Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the church before revival is going to come out there. Maybe. Maybe that's what God has us doing. I don't know. These expressions of these words of John are emphatic. There's no ifs, ands, buts, or maybes. No simple reader would seek another meaning. The apostles were the eyes, ears, and hands of the church. They heard and they saw. Perfect tense. The words and deeds of Jesus. His promise to them that he would cause them to remember his words is part of the apostles' beings. He told them, John 16, 4, remember we talked about this, and even when brother Valentine came, he reminded us that when the Lord appeared to Moses, he gave him to write down in his memory Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. When God appeared to Moses, he he downloaded all that information into him. Okay, so what John is saying, he downloaded all this into us. John 16 4, These things I have told you, this is Jesus talking, that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. See that same download he put in Moses? He put that same download in those apostles. you say he couldn't do that into a human mind? Of course he did. How do you think the Bible got written? Not out of the minds of those men. That's divine knowledge that came into those men from a divine God, that's the reason why people can't understand how the Bible could have been written uh, by a man because it wasn't written by a man. It was written by a divine knowledge that was put into them that God gave them that they didn't have. That's right. Amen. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth, do not have the truth. If we walk in the light, as he is the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. No, no,
1: no.
2: We've, I've been teaching on fire on Sunday morning. Light and fire accompany God's presence. The Shekinah glory is seen as a blaze of glory. I have been allowed to see in my lifetime by vision a measure of Shekinah glory. When God, when Jesus would visit me, when the incarnate word dwelt among men, there was a glory of the one and only Son. In Psalm 43:3, light is the medium of perception and therefore truth and revelation. Light is outgoing. When it hits the darkness, darkness leaves. Mm-hmm. And so, light is here described as the medium of fellowship and love, Psalm 43:3. Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Light and truth. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. Supremely, God is he who is the light. The Father and the Son are in eternal loving fellowship. The same was in the beginning with God in John, the book of John. One, chapter 1 the same was in the beginning with John and in verse 18 it is now in the bosom of the father the light of life is the salvation which Christ brings light which cannot coexist with or yield to darkness is the symbol of ultimate victory judgment consists of bringing to light what is hidden in darkness whether good or evil In contrast, darkness represents the realm of Satan with ignorance, enmity, guilt, and the nether gloom in which the wicked await the day of judgment. Foundation of morality, integrity, and true ethics is in the knowledge of the character of the God to whom we are answerable. And I can promise you as a pastor, I will be accountable, and I know I will be accountable for more than those to whom I minister. There is a different accountability once you step into an office. People want mm-hmm. that honor.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it certainly is an honor. But then your accountability changes. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: If our actual contact being such that out of shame and fear we conceal our deeds and are not living in frank and loving fellowship with fellow Christians, then we're both speaking and acting out of falsehood. Our words and lives are a lie. I was looking for the scripture earlier and I didn't see it. but it's. It, and I think it's so strong because God just really... Put a highlight on it, last night. If your brother, see, if you do not love your brother, uh, they, then, then that will cause you to stumble. If your brother can cause you to stumble. I'm not saying it just right. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay. Satan places people around you to rub off all of, smooth you down, rub off all your rough faces. And as a pastor, he'll keep someone there all the time. (laughs) 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 Someone working on my rough spots. If we didn't, we'd get so spoiled, you know. But, Okay. But if we do not love our brethren, even those who rub us the wrong way, mm-hmm. then we have stumbled because we failed to love our brother. We have stumbled. So we are going to get into this of how important it is. But see, isn't that part of causing building a clique? You're going to ostracize those that rub you the wrong way? Mm -hmm. You're going to ostracize those and not want to be in fellowship with people that you don't like? Are people that maybe God put them there purposely to help you grow? Mm -hmm. Purposely (laughs) to help you become a better Christian and to teach you how to pray for that person to keep you from stumbling. That's right. Yes. <laughs> quiet, if I was, and I'm, right now, y'all may I said chapter two, but I'm, right now I can't, like, I think it might, no, I don't know what verse it is. Anyway, God brought it to my mind last night. If we do not love our brethren, then it will cause us to stumble. It is quiet in
1: here again. <laughs>
2: We don't have to like their behavior but we have to love them anyway. Okay, true. What we have to do the way I work it, okay. Let's I don't let them I don't let people get to me. If they get to me, they're gonna cause me to stumble. Okay. Because if I'm not loving them, I'm stumbling. Okay, so I make sure that I keep my prayer life up. So I'm praying for these people and asking God to show me how to pastor people or my friends or whatever relationship I have, family, doesn't matter.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That I am interacting, Joanne's going to find the scripture for you, that I am interacting with this individual. So that I am protecting my spirit man so I don't stumble. Because it's about me
1: not stumbling. That's right. That's right. Hmm. First <laughs> time. Are
2: you looking at me? scripture in chapter 3, first
1: time. Are you looking there, maybe? 3. I that's
2: the reason why I put 4. 3. Why? 3. 3. 3. Three, two, three, two, three, two, three, fourteen. 3. 3. Four fourteen. Fourteen. Mm-hmm. No. Four. Four.
0: Twenty. First John. Yeah. No. First John four twenty. No. Oh. But that's a good four one.
2: But they don't look good, but that's not the ones I'm looking for. But anyway, mm-hmm. I'll preach it probably next week. But, okay, so last night this arrested me. I don't I don't like that much being finished. We'll, we'll be fine. This arrested me because I'm careful because i got to keep my soul clean. Yes, yes. If my soul's not clean, it's going to come out of my mouth when I preach.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Whatever's in me is going to come out of my mouth anyway. And so if it gets to me, then out of my mouth is going to be coming this garbage. So and so, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that if that starts coming out of your brother or sister's mouth, somebody got to them. Then you know that that they have let down their guard, and it's causing them to stumble. Okay. But what is is the key to that? If we love our brother, Mm -hmm. if we love them, then they will not cause us to stumble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pastor Carolyn, when that happens um, with me, and it does happen Mm -hmm. often, (laughs) um, then I have to immediately, when I get that stab in my Flesh, I have to immediately say, Lord God, I recognize this, and I ask you to remove it from me immediately. Yes, that's the only way I can deal with it. You can't go into that emotion, that yaya. Immediately, you say, Oh God, it's got me. I got, I got to get, I got to get cleaned up right now. Take it out of me. Teach me, show me how to love that person. Help me to love that person. and Satan's going to send someone to you to try to get to you we, we the church this overcoming victorious end time church we have got to learn to walk so that we don't stumble
1: yes.
2: are we going to be the blind leading, leading the blind
1: yes amen
0: Carolyn where are you?
2: Henry, where am I? If we say that we have not sinned. <laughs> <laughs> right. If we claim we have not sinned, <laughs> our course in deceit is complete.
1: complete.
2: We denied a whole testimony. There's gold all over mine. Papers. Uh, hey. Or maybe I don't know what that is. Okay. Okay, we de- if we claim we have not sinned, our deceit is complete. Now, no one in here's ever done this. I know. But have you ever had God convict you of something and you try to lie to God?
1: <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> Are you lying to yourself? Make first? excuses. Make excuses. You lie to yourself. And then... And I have this happen pretty regular The people. I, I, see, I, by now, I mean, I know people, and I know how to just love them through it, you know. They'll come to me, and they, they come under conviction. And but they are making excuses to me for what God just convicted them of.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. I can't help you. <laughs> I can't help you. I goes it's, it's, your, your pay grade. It's not
1: my pay But see, they're
2: trying to. Um, if I can just get this smoothed over here, then it won't look like that I'm really doing what I am doing. Are, anybody in here? No, I'm yeah. not. I tell you, I even, don't even know why I'm talking to that. I'm not talking to anyone but me, right? <laughs> but what you, and, and I just recently ministered to a young man. And he was at a point in his life where he said, what do I need to do to get right with God? And I told him straight out, you're going to be, I can't get you right with God. You're going to have to get in there. This is Christian backslip. I said, you're going to have to go in there. It's going to be you and Jesus. And you quit telling him what you want.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And you quit telling him about all these things that you're asking him for. And he's not giving them to you. Mm -hmm. All this prosperity you've been seeking him for. Mm -hmm. And you get in there and you get me, you and me and Jesus. And you get your heart right and you repent. And that's where it's at. If we say we do not sin, we deny the whole testimony of God's word and the need for his redemptive activity for which Jesus Christ came to earth, died on the cross, and rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. If, we say, if we say we're just fine, we don't need a savior because well, we don't sin. That's Gnosticism.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So we're denying Jesus' ministry. This is not a license to sin or misinterpret disgrace. Y'all ever heard this? I may as well commit sins as everybody else does. Those Christians, will they're at that church, they're committing sin. I might as well do it too. God will forgive me. I have heard this come out of people's mouths. Chapter 2 continues with you or my dear children. And I write these things to you so that you won't sin. But if anyone does sin, we continue we have a forgiving Redeemer who is face to face with the Father. Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours but also the sins of the whole world. Does that mean that the whole world is safe? Without coming to Jesus, there's a teaching on that too. There's a teaching that you don't have to get saved because Jesus came to save the whole world, and you don't have to get saved. That is not what John is saying. That's right. Joanne says she hasn't heard that before. I tell them look on that. Oh, I've heard it. I've heard it. Okay. Bad preacher.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What's the purpose of the Bible? <laughs> They, have, they, they believe that that, that because, because of his blood, because he, they believe he came, they believe he died, he died on the cross, he shed his blood, but in the blood of that cross, the whole world's saved. They also believe that even
0: Satan will get back yeah. in God's good graces. Yeah, you see what we got today on this word? Yes.
2: And they believe that all of Israel is saved right now. Yes, that's very convenient, uh-huh. but it's a line. <laughs> yeah. Okay. God is the essence of love, the reality of all that is true. And the Father who saves, having sent his Son into the world it, as our Savior. Everything that is true about God is ours because we have been born of God. And enjoy unbroken fellowship with him. It is only when we truly understand who Jesus Christ is that we can experience the heart of God. We can't put him over here and say He was just a prophet. We can't put him over here in a box and like some of those isms I was talking about early and say he's he, this and this and this, which is what they do. They relegate him to a something. No. He came to save our sins by receiving him as our Lord and Savior. A distorted understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ distorts how we live, which is why Jesus Christ takes center stage in John's letter. Every chapter is fixed on Jesus Christ. He is unveiled as the living expression of God. He is our atoning sacrifice, the one who shed his blood for our sins. He is our paraclete, and we'll get into the paraclete next week, who advocates before the Father's throne on our behalf. He is our standard for living, the one in whom we are to actively remain. John's letter is largely concerned with preserving and discerning the truth about Jesus. I believe in the times we're now living, this letter must be proclaimed and declared by the church. Amen. In order for the church to come I'm talking about for Christians to bring the church and to bring those who are called into salvation, to bring in the harvest. Let me put it this way. In order to bring in the harvest that is in the earth, this is a key book in the Bible for us to repent and to prepare our hearts for the harvest. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why God has led me to it at this
1: time. -hmm. I don't know if this is the scripture. i got one in.
0: a writer? Or do you have a story to tell and maybe you need a little help with your writing? Well go to Treehouse Publishers today. We can help you achieve your dream. Dreams come true in our house. Do you have a book just waiting in your spirit to come out and share with the world? Well Treehouse Publishers will help you to achieve your dream. Write that book today. Sell your book in London, in Africa, and many other countries. Let your tree bear much fruit with Treehouse today. Go to www.gotreehouse.org. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
2: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.